Hey, this is Heath Padgett. Welcome to the RV Entrepreneur Podcast, episode 206. The RV Entrepreneur is a podcast for domantic entrepreneurs and crazy people who decide to go live on the road in an RV or people that have just chosen an unconventional lifestyle. Today's episode is one of the ones that I had recorded earlier this year before COVID threw off plans, and I'm excited to be able to release it today because of all the businesses and people that I've had on this podcast, this is probably one of the most turnkey businesses of anybody that I've spoken with. Obviously, it took time to set up, but we're going to talk about how to manage multiple vacation rentals remotely. After immigrating with his family from Israel, Arez was really just kind of disenchanted with the idea of living in suburbia, like a lot of us. One winter, he and some friends went to Destin, Florida for a vacation where the home rental owner shared really just how easy it was to make money renting a beach house in Florida. Who would have thought? <laughs> Arez was pretty intrigued, so he decided to give it a shot and buy a house, and then another house, and then one more. <laughs> And now he and his wife actively manage four vacation rentals in Destin while they RV full-time. He even gets photos of his properties texted to him by his cleaners so he can manage landscaping and home details from a thousand miles away. In this episode, we cover quite a bit, such as how one house can bring in $100,000 per year, how to calculate what you can charge for nightly plus cleaning fees, what yield management is and how does it affect bookings, and why Arrest doesn't use management companies or channel managers to run his home rentals remotely. Before we get into today's episode, just a quick word from today's sponsor. Today's episode is sponsored by ID Plans, and it's actually less of a sponsorship than it is really an opportunity. ID Plans is a software and service company based in Tampa, Florida that provides solutions for property managers. Over the past 20 years, ID Plans has been able to hire a number of full-time RVers to help survey commercial properties, and they are looking to hire three to five additional teams over the next couple months. Here's a clip from Carolyn, who has been traveling with her husband across the country working with ID Plans. Me and my husband have been traveling full-time together since 2016. The whole time we've been on the road, we were always looking for a job to do something along the way to make some money, but still be able to have our freedom. We tried several different work camping positions, and we realized that that was not a good way to make money. It was a great way to meet people, but the money was just not there. So we stumbled across ID Plans about a year and a half ago. And since we've worked for the company, it has changed our lives. We love working for ID Plans. We get to set our own schedule and we get paid to travel across the U.S. It's such a great opportunity. Over the last few years, I've seen a lot of companies hire RVers for different types of short and longer term jobs. And I can honestly say that this is one that almost immediately after getting trained, you can make a near full-time income while also still having another side hustle or business to do on the road. You'll receive training for their software, be able to park your RV right on the job sites and run the entire operation from your RV. If you wanna learn more, you can send an email to rvjobs at idplans.com. That is rvjobs at idplans.com. All right, let's get into it with Arez. Arez, thanks for being on the podcast, man. Awesome. Thank you for having me. It's fun. Uh, we started this episode actually online, and I've never transitioned. <laughs> when, when we jumped on, I was like, well, we're only 20 minutes away from each other. It'd be fun if we could just do this in person. You're like, "How? yeah, yeah well, let's just come on over. And so now we're here in person drinking wine. This is so much better than, than Skype anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, the first question I have, because this is always kind of fun to hear different people's perspective on how they answer this is when you meet somebody now, like how do you, if you meet somebody and like you're hanging out at the beach across the street, cause we're in Destin, um, and someone's like, so what's your story to Like, how would you, how would you, uh, how would you tell your story? Uh, we usually, uh, we, we start off with like, Hey, we full-time travel. And nice. That's a good start. Yeah, Strong start. It's uh picks everyone's interest. And people, I, I haven't met anyone that wasn't like, what? How? What do you mean full-time travel? How do you yeah. do that? And they ask you, you know, the obvious questions, how you can do it, blah, blah, blah. But, um, but it's always a, a fun starter. And this is, I think this is what we feel define us right now. Mm. Like if, if I want something people to know about me, it's definitely that we full-time travel. Not just because we want to brag about it, just because we truly love it it's our life we feel it like it's a way of life so we don't i actually think saying full-time travel doesn't 
make it justice. It's just um, probably full-time, you know, RV, living, traveling, because we, we don't just travel. Sometimes we just sit, you know, in places and just having fun with other families and, and other friends, and we just enjoy that uh, transient life, I'd say. So you, you can just move on and change and see different places and meet different people as opposed to just being in one place. Uh, yeah. And so I and I, I actually think most people should do it. Uh, <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, I want to. I, I actually want to promote it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we love talking about that. Yeah. Whenever, like five years ago, if you could think of like a normal day in your life, like what were you doing five years ago? It was like a typical day. I I was always kind of entrepreneur, so my days were uh, flexible. But definitely, you know, we just. I surely had the work, you know, the regular nine to five. So she would wake up, usually take the kids to school or whatever. And I would just, you know, wake up, go on a computer, do stuff, emails, whatever. And usually go on meetings, meet some people around. And then, you know, I would wait at home for the kids to come from school. It was comfortable. It was nice. But I mainly was planning what I'm going to do, you know, in the evening or the weekend, you know, how I'm going to host people or or what to do with the kids. But it was, for me, it was also very boring, very repetitive. So especially these days, you haven't, you don't have much fun things to do with kids. Hmm you know in a regular settings because they come home from you know school at like three something because uh, we didn't homeschool before we left um they just went to uh we actually tried a lot of different schools but <laughs> they went to school and it's uh it was just um you know they come back and then they eat some lunch whatever and then you either take them to their activities you know it i did gymnastics i did other things but then you kind of try to just pass the time and then it's seven whatever you do dinner hang out a little bit and they go to bed and then next day it's the same thing yeah so for me it was always very boring um (laughs) although we you know relatively i didn't have a nine to five job so i i could do my own thing but still i felt like it's not that you can just call your friend that 10 a.m. and like, yeah, let's have coffee. Because most people do have stuff to do or jobs or places to be. Same in the afternoon or or even... So during the day, uh, it was also... Like, even if you have a little bit of time, you don't have much people to spend it with. Mm. So that was I was missing. At what point did you guys start thinking about maybe doing something different? And and how did RVing enter the picture as like a potential solution for that? So I think we always thought to, because we moved for, to the U.S. from Israel. Um, so we did a big move once. But we always felt like we uh, we want to do it again. So move to Australia or move to, mm. just because we actually, a lot of people, you know, when they immigrant or they move even to a different city, it's hard for them. But it wasn't hard for us. It was exciting. It was Again, I think like we go to a new place, you, you see different culture, different things. It's we are excited about doing new things. There's some people that don't like mm. it, I know, but we are. So we always thought about okay, let's wrap it up here and do something else. But we were first, we had a very comfortable life, which is it's something that is kind of hard to uh, to leave. You know, say oh, no, I'm already, you know. I have my friends, I have my groups, I, I, you know, we're comfortable where we're at, we, li- we liked Atlanta where we lived. And we also had the uh, immigration thing, so we were waiting to get our American citizenship. So you have to stay here in the United States, you can't just move. So if you move, then all the effort, which was a lot of effort, is kind of... And we still don't have it. <laughs> we'll get it this year, hopefully. Um, but so we, we just... So we we thought okay this this immigration process we we we, we don't want to leave the United States because we want to be citizens we want to have the option to live here all our lives, but we still didn't want we still wanted to do something different. So once we realized you know probably moving to a different country right now it's not you know a permanent option at least, then we were like okay how we make this life exciting, you know, mm-hmm. how we do something different. And so that was one thing. And the other thing was actually the education. Because 
I, I'm always loved education. I'm very interested in it. And I was super frustrated with the the education options um, people have. And I, I, I do believe schools these days, even the very good ones, are not good for our kids, for my kids. Yeah, you know, I don't care about other people. <laughs> <laughs> I do care about them, but yeah. not like you can still decide what you want to do with them. And I didn't feel like in that setting where we live in Atlanta that I can homeschool the kids. And that's that was selfish thing. It's, it was basically like I'm going to be so bored and and there's nothing to do uh, around with other kids that I, like, I can't I can't homeschool them at home. Because even, you know, even when I was at home, actually being more of the dad, the stay-at-home dad, I'll call it, although I, didn't, I hadn't made a job. Um, but, you know, kids came back to school. I had to ask my wife to text some of her, her friends to see what they're doing because moms are very not friendly. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Um, so it was, I, I just felt like, what, what? I'm going to, we're going to wake up. We're going to do some stuff at home. And then what? I don't believe. So the reason that I believe schools needs to be something different is because I don't believe you can learn what you need to learn for this life and the future from just the computer or just books. You need to, you need people skills. You need to be able to change and move because the future with our kids will live in a world that if you cannot change what you do, change where you live, change, you know, be adaptable, uh, fast learner, it's not going to be a very nice life for you. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what the core of the things that I want the kids, my, to, my kids to have is that ability to, you know, make, fr make friends, find solutions to issues, to problems. Um, know different places have the ability to say okay this place doesn't work for me boom i'm just gonna go there without the fear of change mm -hmm. and all that so even just being homeschooled is not enough because you don't get that from just sitting at home all day mm -hmm. um and i know you can do some you know activities with other homeschool kids and whatever but it wasn't what i was looking and also at least where we lived a lot of uh, it was suburb American suburbia. Mm -hmm. Everybody to their to themselves. No kids outside. Everybody are so scared, you know. Mm -hmm. So we like we don't like that. Um, so what can we change? And then um, my brother actually rented an RV and did a trip to Florida, and we went to meet them. We just did around Florida for a couple of weeks in our car, and we went to that. First, we saw this our vision like, hmm, this is, wow, <laughs> this is this is really something. You know, yeah. it's not like uh, an RV you think about in your head. It's not like it's cramped space, whatever. And then we also saw the campgrounds. We're like, man, this is nice. You know, there's nice campgrounds and people outside and kids on their bikes. And I'm like, man, this is, it's something. Mm -hmm. And then we started looking into it. And then we. Uh, Surely booked a, a weekend somewhere in an RV. So we basically went on RV share. Mm -hmm. um, and we didn't even rent the RV to drive in it. It's just one person just put it in the campground and we just went there for the weekend. Yeah. And it was phenomenal. We yeah. loved it. The kids loved it. We loved the space even, the, you know, the whole. And then we're like, let's do it. <laughs> and so we decided, uh, I think it was December, a couple of years ago. And then we just said, we're just going to let the kids finish the year. So wait until the end of May and we'll hit the road. Yeah. And, uh, and this is what we did. We just found an RV and bought it in March and kind of surely, you know, told their company. And we had the houses we have in Destin, the vacation rentals. That we, you know, said, hey, it's good enough, at least for now. Let's do it. And then uh, we left. And actually only in July because we had a, I was flipping houses at that time. Yeah. We had one project that kind of took a, a little bit longer. So we stayed and uh, we, we actually already rented our house. So we had to leave our house and we rented it just because it was a good investment, not because we thought we're going to 
ever come back or something like that. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. so you were flipping houses at the time. I know you've yeah. had like a lot of different businesses because we've had a little bit of time to hang out before yeah. this, but you were flipping houses and then you guys ended up buying some in Destin because I know you like visited this area, right? And you liked yeah. it. So six years ago, we went on a Christmas vacation in Destin and we rented a house with uh, four other families and all of us were little babies um and it was raining nonstop and it was miserable because <laughs> it was five families with full of babies mm. and it was you know you can't go outside and so we just i always was interested in real estate and i was talking with the owner of the vacation rental that we rented and i try to talk with people all the time wherever i go interested in what they do how mm -hmm. they do it where it was just i love everything like every business or something that you want to tell me about i'll listen mm -hmm. i just i'm interested maybe not for long you know <laughs> but yeah. for at least the beginning i'm like oh that looks very interesting this is why right. i did different all kind of different businesses in life because i'm interested in i i'm doing something you want one thing and then i'm like oh this is interesting too yeah <laughs> so um so the guy just he was very open and honest with us and he uh kind of gave us the chunk you know the uh, main idea or the numbers how much he's doing and, I, and we thought ourselves this is either he's uh, uh messing with us you know or this is a really good business yeah so this is kind of put our so we're at the house and it was raining so i told Shirley, let's go look at houses she's like what? Why are we gonna look at houses? Like we're here, it's raining. Let's just go out of the house, you know. Mm -hmm. So we just contact the first one on Google, first realtor on Google, and like, hey, you gonna show us houses? And we went and looked at houses for no reason, we just just to entertain. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and this is how. And then went home, back home. It was actually kind of a happened by Shirley had to go to school to get the student visa so we can stay in the United States. Mm -hmm. So she did her master's and because we're not citizens, you can get student loans. So we had to pay for it in cash, which is a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, and imagine. so we had to, we had one house in Atlanta that was ours. So we had to sell it to pay for school. But then we had, we had a chunk of money left and it was just, that time in February, you know, after we came back and then we like, ah, and then we came here, we found a house, we bought it. We're like, I think let's do it. Let's yeah. try. And it, it ended up being a phenomenal business. It, he, he wasn't messing with us at all. The numbers were very good since the beginning. And then a year after we, we said, okay, this is a good business. This is a good deal. A year after we found another house and we bought it. And then, uh, just before we launched, we bought another house, and uh, we're just buying. We just bought our fourth house now. Um, all in Destin. All in Destin, just because we uh, we think we have a very good formula. And the main challenges I think of vacation rentals is the um, the people that help you with them. Mm -hmm. So we manage it ourselves. We don't use a management company because if you use a management company, most of the time you won't make any money. You don't. You won't lose anything, but they will take your profit. So we manage it ourselves, but still finding the right cleaners, a handyman, a plumber, and that was a very challenging thing. And we have a good team now, and we also know you don't need to guess what pricing you need to do mm -hmm. or or do your research. You don't need to, like we know exactly what what we are facing. So it's also easier for us to buy houses now because we, you know, when I go to into a house and I see the rooms and what can be done there. I know exactly how much money it will make. So it's really easy to plug in to how much I should pay for it. Yeah. So what are like the like some of those numbers that that guy shared with you if you were looking at buying a house in Destin and it was like $500,000 house, mm -hmm. you know, like how much does a house like that need to be making on a short term rental site like Airbnb in order to make it sen make sense because essentially what you guys are doing is we talked a little bit before you're like i'm working like two hours a week we're yeah. traveling it's a pretty great business yeah. and it sounds awesome and so i'm just thinking like if you find an area that works really well and how do you how do you start like evaluating and looking at a deal to see if the numbers add up like is there yeah there's there's a, there's a few things i think there's a the easy 
you know, when we, when what we know, like the easy numbers is like, if you, let's say, you know, the area you live there or whatever, um, and you know what the, the long-term renters pay. So you sh you can safely assume an air a good Airbnb and VRBO house will make three to four times what um, a long term rental brings. So let's say if you if you rent the house for a thousand dollars a month uh, in long term, you can probably um, you know make four. Um, actually, it's not really true. It will make three to four times the profit, yeah. not the income. That will make the, the income is much higher. Um, so a house in a good house in Destin, uh, a three, four bedroom house that can sleep 12, 14, 16 people like ours will make north of a hundred thousand dollar in income. And then you will probably make 30, 35, 40% in profit. That's real after mortgage, after everything. Mm -hmm. So that's the, the general numbers, mm -hmm. but the way I think to calculate how much can be done, that what we do is we use um, hotel rooms. So instead of saying it's a three bedroom or a four bedroom, it doesn't matter. It's how many hotel rooms you can sleep in this house comfortably because you don't want to jam pack people. So basically just thinking of each room in the house like a hotel, like a hotel room would be. Yes, or even as a general number. So if you say, okay, this house, I can sleep 14 people. Uh, 14 people is safely three and a half or at least three hotel rooms. If those is if this if they're pretty packed, right? Like yeah. Those are if the packed. same fourteen people say, "Okay, we want to go on vacation," they will probably have to buy three, four hotel rooms. Yeah. To book. If their um, families, probably right. If their families, even a group of guys, even yeah. like twelve guys want to go for a golf trip. Right. Um, so even if you want to share a room, even four of you share a room, which is kind of uh, yeah then you still have to have three rooms right right and then usually it's going to be four or five bedrooms uh rooms so and hotels are very very good in pricing hotels is one of the ancient the most you know the oldest industries in the world and it's super sophisticated every hotel is pricing usually to the minute so you can look for a hotel right now and go half an hour from now and it will be a different price and then different price half an hour later and um, so they know what they're doing. Uh, so if you say, okay, I my this house can be three hotel rooms, and you go to your area and you go a comparable hotel. So obviously, if your house is super super fancy, you want to go for find a fancy hotel. But if your house is average and you go for the average hotel, and you go you look at their prices, and then you see, let's say on average in the summer they will charge $200 a night. So you safely probably can charge $600 a night in summer, probably even more. So that's, you know, you put down all those numbers and and then cleaning fee, we charge cleaning fee on top of our rates. So mm -hmm. if you do your rates correctly and then everything else is a fee, you, sh you will make money. Mm -hmm. So, um, so we, we ex for example, we how much the cleaners charge us plus the laundry service, for example, we put into a cleaning fee and we charge it on top of your rates. So your rates fluctuate, but this is our your thing. So you always charge them. So there's no problem with that. So it doesn't matter. So people like ask me a lot. So how much is, you know, I want to calculate how much is cleaning, how much is, it doesn't matter because you charge for cleaning. So if your house is extremely busy, Still, people pay for cleaning. Mm -hmm. If your house is not very busy, the cleaning was taken care of. Um, is a and lot. You, do you aim for a little bit of margin on the cleaning? No, no. We okay. do. We make sure we do our profit in the pricing, mm -hmm. and then cleaning is exactly how much the cleaners charge us. And do you do you bump up rates during like summer months here Obviously, in Destin? Yeah, we yeah. we we are relatively sophisticated on owners. Uh, we change our prices. Uh, we use automation software for pricing but we also i will manually go and help the software when i know um you know i know my rates i know my crowd so if i see i'm you know almost really booked at summer i'll go and i'll put another hundred dollars no problem mm -hmm. on the, to the price because it it will book do you have a distribution on multiple uh channels like uh do you use like not just Airbnb, but also like VRBO. Or yeah, you... we we do VRBO HomeAway, which is the same thing. Yeah, and uh, do you and you 
are you signed up on all those different platforms? Or are you using like a guestify like channel manager to like distribute out and all we that? We don't use channel managers for a couple reasons. First, again, every percent you give to someone else mm-hmm. doesn't go to you. And in general, it's not very hard to list yourself. Right. So on Airbnb, and we tried a lot of them. Um, we still, we do 99% of our business from Airbnb and VRBO. VRBO, when I say VRBO, is VRBO, all the group, HomeAway, VacationRentals.com, because mm-hmm. it's one group. Um, and then we tried listing in other places, whatever, and it's it's okay, but I'm not sure it's, for us, it's not worth the hassle of more work. And uh, and, the, and the cost involved, because, you, you know, you have to keep your rates now in three places, four places. Mm-hmm. So between Airbnb and VRBO, it's very as- easy for us to control it. So I think it's better to have the correct pricing and strategies in place in fewer places than being in more places. Yeah. Because right now, I think most people will go VRBO or Airbnb to place for, you know, for sure. vacation. And then if you go this booking.com and all these um, other places that are more hotels oriented, right. their systems are not good for vacation rentals. So they're not friendly to manage. They're they take complex. like 10 to 15% off the top usually. Yeah, they take, you know, 15%, like Booking.com will take 15% off the top. They don't allow you to cancel for any reason. There's And the bottom line, people that look for a vacation house don't go to Booking.com. Right, for it's sure. It's not, the brand is not there. Maybe in the future, they'll make yeah. better, you know, branding for that. But it's not. Airbnb and VRBO are now uh, phenomenal brands in that space they can highly improve their systems as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're not perfect. But I think it's better to be very, very, very good at few places. Mm-hmm. Uh, those, you know, who brings a lot of traffic, then just put yourself everywhere and then be out of control. Like you don't know where calendars are. You don't know your rates. Right. You don't like... Suddenly you forgot to update some website and suddenly, boom, somebody booked a week half price and so you lost two three thousand dollars so the whole other bookings wasn't even worth it from the other website yeah so that makes sense so you guys bought this first place in Destin and did I know there's a few but a a few software companies out there that will kind of like pull all the aggregate bookings from like Airbnb and VRBO for a geographic area and tell you like what the demand is. Did you do any of that or just like talk to this guy and be like, well, we like Destin and I think we can make it work. Yeah. Uh, th- yeah. The second <laughs> option. Uh, yeah. We, I, uh, I'm very risk averse person. Mm-hmm. So for me, I see something that is marginally can be a good business yeah. and it's interesting. I let's try it. I didn't see a high risk for it. You ran the number and it was 2014. So we didn't pay a lot. For the first house we bought, the numbers for me, because we we had couple rentals at that point, uh, long term, so I bought a house and in the thinking that even if it's not a great vacation business, it will be okay. It's real estate. We're gonna put the renters in. It's gonna pay the bills. Mm-hmm. It's not like I didn't I didn't say oh it's gonna be a catastrophe. And this is where it came to play in real estate. In my opinion, that you have to buy. Where you're comfortable, because uh, you know it doesn't matter if it's an amazing house, but if it's seven or eight hundred thousand dollars and you don't have that kind of money, or it's going to be super heavy on your soul or on your uh, wallet mm-hmm. <laughs> or your bank account, then you shouldn't do it. You mm-hmm. should do something that is comfortable for you. And this is what I my strategy in real estate. We tried to buy, even now, the last house we bought, we bought the worst house in the neighborhood. Um, and we'll make it nice. And it's small, but we paid half the money, you know, half the price that you'd paid now in that neighborhood. But I know it will make good money. Mm-hmm. Um, so, because I don't want to, you know, I I believe in leverage. So I'll take loans any day money is kind of cheap right now but it also has to be responsible Mm -hmm. always you have to be every loan as relations to you know the collateral has to make sense yeah so after you bought your first place 
you guys how long did it take because that's something we've been trying to figure out too because we went again the campground space Mm -hmm. but also it's like we're trying we're we have a savings that we're kind of like looking at we you know we put money in our ross and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so we're like savings but then we're also thinking like well we've got some money should we should we just like go out and buy some rental property we're interested in real estate or should we just kind of wait until we get into the campground and make that the first thing so we're kind of focused and that's kind of where we're leaning at this point but from like a getting the processes up and running to finding like a plumber or a handyman and things like that. So that when you guys are out traveling, like you're not stressed about that kind of stuff. Like how long did that take to find those people? And how did you like actually vet them? Did you just go on Google and search like handyman and Destin yeah, and just like, unfortunately the vetting process is, uh, you live and learn. Yeah. <laughs> um, but well, we, when we first started then, you know, I, when I bought the first house, I actually contacted that guy that talked to me about it. And he was very nice. and like, hey, like, who do you use for cleaning and, you know, whatever. And he said, yeah, those people. Mm-hmm. And we started with that. And then, um, yeah, in the beginning, if I had, you know, anything, I needed anything, I just, yeah, I did Google and like whoever can show up, fine. Um, and with time, we uh, we learned how to, you know, we we found the good people, and we also replace people all the time. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. um, some people don't stay great for a long time. Um, but we learned that the most important thing for us, at least, because we're on top of it, we manage it. Mm-hmm. It's two things. First, we learned that we need to manage it. Like I don't just send uh, the dates for my cleaners. You know, I the night before I whatsapp you know hey remember i know she remembers she's very good yeah but i still hey tomorrow this house that house cleaning whatever please check the chairs in the pool please let me know if we need more towels make sure there's no stains and i do it every time and and she knows that and and it's okay but we learned that if we don't do it then after a while they can sleep yeah and i asked them to send me a couple pictures every time i don't care much you know yeah it's not that because i don't trust them or anything like that but just to be on top of stuff I like hey send me a picture of you know the tv area because i want to see there's no like loose hdmis and stuff like that L- little thing that people right. that the cleaners don't notice or send me a picture of the pool and i don't care about the pool i want to see that the landscaping is still nice and i don't need you know and the guy that actually i pay to take care of the yard actually doing his job right um because we learned that if we don't do it then we come every couple you know every few not couple every six months we come here and suddenly there's so many things that are wrong and we don't want to get to that point right um and we also learn now i care more about your communication ability than your skills Mm. so if you're an average plumber that is very good at texting I prefer hmm. I prefer you on a guy that is the best plumber in the world, but I I don't hear from you. You don't text. You don't send me pictures. I don't know what's going on ever because it's a communication business. Because if I have a problem with the guests, I need to know that you're on your way because I need to tell the guests. I know you're a plumber. It's not your... You don't think about it. That's fine. But this is why I ask you to like, hey, when you're an hour away... Let me know because it's not because I don't, I want to know is because I want to be a good host and text my guests, say, Hey, plumber is an hour away. You don't have to be in the house. I'll give him his code or whatever, or just so they feel they know what's going on. Right. So yeah, they had a problem. They had a problem, they clogged toilet or whatever, but they, at least someone is dealing with it. And it's not like they're, uh, you know, just taking a shower right now and suddenly the, a guy that say, hey, I'm the plumber, came. Right. Because, you know, think of it, if, this, if you're on vacation, how do you feel as a guest? It's like, yeah, I fixed your problem, but it wasn't a very good way to fix it. Right. It wasn't, it, it, you know, communication is lacking or it caught you by surprise or not a good time or whatever. So we now only deal with with um people who can communicate vendors or yeah so i'm assuming with three houses i know you have four now there's a lot of how often do things actually go wrong 
on a property? Not very often, surprisingly. Really? So that's what uh, the, the what's prompted to go and actually go into this after the, fir the first house is we were surprised how little issues we have, um, or or I'd say little issues that are uh, in, you have to deal with them really. Yeah, you know, a clogged toilet, toilet, for example, it's not a big deal. It happens at home as well. Um, and as long as I can fix it, it's fine. And But in 99% of the cases, people just come, have an amazing vacation. They leave the house nice. Um, we hardly have to replace, you know, and we don't have any breakage or big issues like that. Because most people, like with Airbnb especially, like people have public profiles for review. So they like yeah. want to be rated well so they can go have I, other places. And I, I, I don't even, I, I believe that most people are just good people, just mm -hmm. just responsible. They do, they realize it's someone's house. And we, by the way, we also do it. We put our picture there and we, we put a little note about our story and follow our travels on Instagram. <laughs> and that's because we want people to, you know, we don't want followers or anything like that because it's not our business but just we, we, because we want people feel hey we know those people this connection right but uh, surprisingly I'd say we we rent a lot for students in spring break and um, and even then you know you, you hear all those horror stories and you know crazy students whenever and we and they are crazy like, like we ha will have four full garbage cans of beers uh, at the end of the week but not a lot of damage, not a lot of issues. Um, so, yeah, even if some of one of our neighbor will cause, hey, the kids, you know, just a little bit too loud, we send them a, a message on Airbnb and they're okay with it. Yeah, like people are just normally fine, and we find out we find that we hardly have to speak with anyone. I think in a year, so we have over seven thousand people going to our houses now. With the new house, probably going to be nine, ten thousand people going to our houses a year. Mm-hmm. And I maybe have to speak with one of them, you know, throughout the year. So everything is just text, messages, um, or zero communication because there's no issue. Like we send them, we try to automate everything. So we, you know, we send them the welcome message and we already heard all the questions in the world. So we have templates and stuff. Yeah. So we have a welcome message and then we, you know, send them automated emails during the stay. So, so what are some of the tools, like whether it's like automated locks that generate codes or software tools that you use that make your life way easier as you guys are doing this from the road? Um, so both Airbnb and VRBO actually have very good tools for templates and communication. So you just do, you save your templates. So if someone just put an inquiry in, we just go this house, it's already there. We send it. It put the dates and their name automatically and all that. So those Airbnb and VRBO actually do it very well for that purpose. Um, and as far as uh, locks, we use Schlage, um, you know, the one that we can control from our phone. Um, and we have automated templates with the codes and stuff as well on Airbnb. So we don't need any software for that. Um, we do use a software that called Wheelhouse for pricing. Uh, it's basically, it's the best, it's not the perfect, but it's the best I've found um, for for Airbnb. Uh, it's basically do automation of the pricing based Like on yield the, management? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then... And it, so yield management, for anybody who doesn't know, is like if you're at 75% occupancy or if you're booking within a certain one, it's a rule set yeah. for anybody who's reserving uh, a hotel room or motel room or Airbnb online. So it can say like it rewards you maybe for booking far in advance or short term and things like that. Yeah. So it has all kind of rules that you can create or it has automation on it and it's very sophisticated. So it, it can, because a lot of other people use it, kind of has other people's data as well so it can compare mm -hmm. and uh so it gives you suggestions usually we know our house is a little bit better so we'll adjust it um but we, you adjust it not to the to the dollar so you'd say in the summer play between six hundred dollar a night and seven hundred dollar a night and it will play within that range um 
you know, according to occupancy, volume search, uh, and other things, mm. um, or if it's a weekend or whatever, you can do all kind of. Uh, and what is that one called again? Wheelhouse. Wheelhouse. Okay. And the website is usewheelhouse.com. And it connects with all your accounts. It connects with Airbnb right now. Um, there's a a little bit of annoyance with VRBO HomeAway. You have to have five properties or more to get access to their API which API is the tools you use to communicate directly. Um, So we will have it now, but uh, unfortunately it cannot push to um, VRBO at this point. Um, But it's fine. Uh, We we use what we see over there and kind of manually play with VRBO. Obviously it's not ideal because we don't do it daily, but I'll do it weekly twice weekly and and there's another thing that the uh, the advantage of using it and and a lot of people don't know that when they do airbnb and vrbo is that every time you change your pricing your description or your title um airbnb and vrbo will give you a boost in search hmm. so the more times you make changes even small ones the better you'll show up in search interesting and it's amazing because sometimes we'll do you know, a title change, and then boom, th- the next three days we have booking, 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 booking. Really? Wow. So you want to do it, and and you and because a lot of people just say, "Oh, I'm gonna have my listing. It's perfect." And ours are kind of perfect because we already heard all the questions. We tried to really make it like that so people read it, and we we took our time, but still, we go in, go in and change stuff, especially titles and and some things on the or every time I get a. A new question, you know, someone, oh, okay, maybe it wasn't that clear. Hmm. So then I go in and add something there. But especially titles, um, sometimes you want to refresh pictures and pricing. Um, So every time you do that, Airbnb said, oh, something new is happening with this property. Let's push it a little bit, see if people like it. Yeah. Um, It's not a secret, but a lot of people are not aware of it. Um, There's more and more people that do it um, now. So obviously has you know less and less effective more people doing it and more automation but it's still it's still good yeah and it's yeah what's something that if somebody was thinking about like okay i maybe have bought real estate but maybe not for airbnb or short-term rentals and like one thing that you would say after doing this for a few years like you would give advice whether it was like looking at the best property to buy or like from a business side of things with like getting going like one thing that you would like one piece of advice that you would share um, I'd say at least on the first one, you want to buy at a place, you know, it's, it's true for long-term and short-term. Basically but, any real estate you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Any real estate you want to, the first one, you know, when you, if you dip your toes in it or, or you just, you know, thinking maybe I want to do it or even short terms, try to buy something that first you, you know, the area and it's not, it's not necessarily, like you, you just have to say, okay, there's some interesting stuff going on around here, and also, you. The other thing is, buy relatively close to home. I'd say, it, in order to succeed, especially in short-term rentals, in the first year you want to be there, a few times. So you know, we bought in Destin, it's six hours from Atlanta. It's not a big deal. Like, yeah, it's six hours. It's not like an hour. Mm-hmm. But if we thought in our head, if something major happens, go in the car, six hours, you're here. All right. You, know, it's, you can deal with it. Um, and 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 also, b- the, the reason I say that is that you want to visit your property a few times a year, um, especially in the first year, just because you need to know, are your cleaners doing a good job? How the houses, what condition the houses are. You want to fill the area, you know, like there's good restaurants around, there's good events. How's the beach in our case? And I'm sure people ask those types of questions, so it's good to be able to answer them, yeah. And by the way, we we found right now, we don't just do, um, we found other channels, revenue channels. Uh, For example, we have, because we get all those crazy questions so we we did uh, a nice blog post on you know things to do where to eat and where to shop in Destin, florida mm-hmm. and we're not in google or anything like that but just those thousands of people every year we send them like hey 
here's a blog post and we do it for them so you have a list of restaurants and mm -hmm. places and stuff and also activities and we have affiliate links in it obviously mm -hmm. um so it's nice for the guests because they get a list of really good stuff and we and another thing is we did everything on our blog on whatever is there we tried it mm -hmm. so we went to the, the restaurants we like on the fishing trip that we did or the uh you know other activities there are there um so it's also gives it credibility and um and we know it's fun for the guests yeah. yeah. And you guys have been doing like one a year on average, like one new property a year. Yeah. And before this, I think we didn't really talk about it too much, but you were like flipping houses. So you had experience like at least in buying real estate before yes. getting into this. Yeah. yeah. Which I'm assuming helped a ton. Yeah, it, it did. And but I think in real estate, you don't have to be uh, you don't have to have a lot of experience in real estate. You just have to um, be smart with any investment, any buy, anything you buy. You want to make sure you buy, I, I call it a good deal. Um, so you want to make sure you're not overpaying and you're not getting excited. And, and a lot of problems, and we have some friends like that, actually, that have vacation rentals here. They're not making, they're not as successful as us. And the reason is they bought their houses because they were excited about a beach house. Mm. And... But if you if you think about it as a business from the get go, you'll probably be more successful. Because yes, there are houses that you go like, man, I, I could live here. That's amazing. But is it a good business? Not so much, you know. Buy the house next door, which is hundred thousand dollar less. It's not your dream beach house, mm -hmm. but you'll make more money out of it. Um, or or they. You know, we have people that they buy properties here that are very fancy, and then they just worry all the time. Mm -hmm. They want they want rent for students in spring break, and we'll probably make, you know, twenty thousand dollars more than them just on spring break. But they like no, it's you're under twenty five. We don't rent for you, and we know that we do it. We rent everyone. We just base we say we rent for any responsible group. And we had hardly have any issues in six years. So, yeah. like, what do you what do you have to worry if it's a business? You know, so you need to replace a sofa, eight hundred bucks. You know, so you you don't want to put a thirty forty thousand dollar income because you're worried about you have to replace a sofa once in a while. Right. You have to paint the wall. You have to. It's so if you look at the cost that might a damage can happen, it's relatively to the business. It's nothing yeah so but if you feel like it's your house it's your own house or it's so nice then you know you're worried all the time and um and you don't you don't allow pets you don't allow students all kind of stuff so uh so you lose money you lose money you yeah. lose options um we do a lot of money on pet fees mm. which is you know pool heating fees a lot of people say oh i don't want to hit the pool it's a hassle but three thousand dollars to hit the pool and then you make you way make more money yeah so the last question i have for you is you're out you guys are all traveling now and you're managing this airbnb short-term rental business from the road like what's the biggest thing that you feel like you've learned in the past year whether it relates to this business or just in general um i think a few things first of all <laughs> uh that the uh we learned that people are wonderful like we just we met so many wonderful people uh, from all walks of life, uh, and uh, it, it it just I think that if you don't travel, um, it, there's no reason for you to leave. <laughs> um, Tell us how you really harsh, felt. No, <laughs> but yeah, no. But if uh, the thing is, you just it opens your mind. You know, you go, you meet people, you see places, everything you hear, you think you know about America, whatever. Um, it's shutters. It's it's different. Mm. It's you you like, man, I really You realize you have an opinion on something without actually yeah, experiencing yeah. it, right? Yeah. So so it's just I think it's just great. And what we learned about, you know, having that business is that first of all it can be done because um, we were worried beginning because when we lived in Atlanta we we're we we're here three you know four or five times a year easy 
Um, so we didn't know, you know, what's, what it's going to be, but, uh, we were, you know, over a year and a half, um, on the road and business is booming. Everything is great. We just came here after not being here 10, 10 months and it's fine. It works great, <laughs> but we manage it, you know, more clo closely, as I said, because we don't, we're not here. So we're try to be more on top. Talk to cleaners, the handyman. I'll I'll do. We do a lot of maintenance right now that we haven't done before. So I'll send the HVAC guys three times a week, uh, three times a year to do just maintenance. You know, because yes, the cleaner is supposed to change the filters in the AC. But I remember more than once that I came here and I changed the filter. Yeah. You know, so by putting the HVAC guys in. They'll change the filter. So even if it's every three months, it's better than not doing it for six months, right? Ten months, and or or we will we have plumbers that they'll just drain the uh, the main line twice a year because people put whatever stuff in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, so and and again, as I told you before, with the pictures and stuff, so we're more on top um, because we're not here. But it's definitely doable and nice. And, uh, but above all, it's just the people you meet on the road. Uh, it's just phenomenal. So many families. We, we haven't realized. We, you know, when we started, we thought about, oh, we're going to be so cool. We're so special. <laughs> and, and then you realize there's thousands of people or families even. Mm -hmm. Tens of thousands of families on the road, let alone the millions of other people. And, and, and all of them are wonderful because they they did something different they decided to do it for their own reasons but they're on the road they learn to just meet people talk with people have fun and it's just phenomenal i think it's uh our kids grew so much in a year and a half and we do unschooling right now we don't even do homeschooling but they learn so much and uh, being with different ages kids and and meeting people and just be flexible be outside you know, back home, nobody's outside. But in RV parks, everybody's outside. Yeah. Uh, adults and kids, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, you just sit outside. You just <laughs> go something, do something, and you talk to your neighbor. And, and yeah, you, sometimes you become great friends. Some, sometimes you're not going to see them ever, but <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. It's different. I love it, man. Yeah. Well, uh, is there a good place for people to follow you guys on social media? Uh, probably on Instagram, Zula Life, Z-U-L-A, Life. Zula is a word in Hebrew that means uh, the place you feel most comfortable. Um, so Zula Life, uh, that's on Instagram, also Facebook, but probably Instagram more uh, thingies. And if you want to look at our uh, Airbnb, if you want to just, uh, you know, contact us, ask questions, or, uh, or even come, you know, stay with us, uh, it's ZulaBeach.com. I love it, man. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode with Arez. If you enjoyed this episode and other ones on this podcast, it would be amazing if you left a review in iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen to this podcast because those are really the lifeblood of podcast, and that's what people look at before they decide to put it in their AirPods and listen to an episode. So if you haven't left a review for the show, it would mean the world to me if you did. I hope wherever you are, you're having an amazing day, and I'll see you next time on the RV Entrepreneur Podcast.